Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. So it's June. How do you get it all covered in the time that you have left remaining this school year? Well, there's a few things that you can do to help get yourself covering most of the curriculum and all of those leftover hanging things that you just haven't quite got to. Here are some of the strategies that I use if I'm finding that there might be certain subjects or concepts that I have fallen a little short and how I can do those subjects justice and be able to get through that content in a reasonable way. My name is Patty and I am a teacher here in Ontario, Canada, and every single week I have a new episode of the Teaching with Madly Learning show. I am the founder and CEO of Madly Learning, and we create resources for junior teachers from grades three to grade six that teach all across Canada. It is our hope that through our resources, we can help make teaching and learning simpler and more engaging for both teachers and their students. So how do you get it all covered? Well, there's a few things to focus on. Number one, here in Ontario, our curriculum expectations are broken up into overall expectations and specific expectations. Because on the report card, we are only required to comment on the overall, so we're assessing the overall expectations. And the specific expectations are simply just the ways in which we can get to cover those overall expectations. The key here is when you're in a time crunch is to really focus on the overall expectations and to not use those specific ones as checklists, but to sort of look at them a little bit holistically, like a 30,000 foot view onto the earth. You're really looking at those holistically and covering the overall expectations, not necessarily all of the specific expectations. Some of those specific expectations can be combined. Some are a little bit easier to cover than others. So take the ones that you think you can get through in the shortest amount of time and make sure that they do a satisfactory job at covering those overall expectations. That is one way to sort of grab a whole unit and try to do it justice in a shorter amount of time. Number two, take your opportunity to combine what you can. So if you already have gotten through quite a bit of language, you have plenty of resources, plenty of materials that your students have been working on, you already have enough to sufficiently cover your report card comments and your marks for language, then use that language time to really pull in the other curriculum subject areas that you are running low on. So if you are struggling to get through the last unit and a half of science, and you really need to start pulling in some of the content, such as the readings or the activities that students are doing in science and start pulling those into language. Why? Because technically you can count all, anything that students are reading as part of language. So you might as well double dip here and definitely cross pollinate these two subject areas. I love being able to pull out health and literacy. So using health in my literacy program, science and social studies also can be pulled into my literacy. They can also be pulled into math, specifically if you're looking at doing things like timelines or calculations of things, you can definitely pull those expectations and cross-curricular expectations and use math and science. I also really like to do math and phys ed, things like teaching area, location and movement, flips, turns, slides, 
All of those can be done in phys ed as well so that you can be able to physically act out those math concepts. You can do that in the gymnasium through games and activities where students are physically working through that. I also like teaching concepts of science in gyms, such as teaching students about habitats and ecosystems through phys ed, as well as teaching how different body systems work. You can often turn that into the game, such as the heart pumping blood through the body. You can model that physically in a gymnasium fairly simply so that students get the understanding while also running through a physical game in your gym class. The third thing I like to do is mini projects. So these are very structured projects. They are not necessarily open-ended projects that could take weeks and weeks and weeks. These are very structured and chunked projects. One of the ways that I like to be able to manage projects in the classroom is to chunk these down for students where they have benchmarks that they need to get to after a certain amount of time. So today we're going to do part one of the project. Then part two of the project is tomorrow. Part three and four is the following day. And then part five is your presentation. Making sure that you can really chunk down these projects into their very basic tasks is going to help you get through those projects a lot faster and really manage the timelines because it's very easy for open-ended projects or even closed projects to make sure that your timelines can kind of go on and on and on. We really have to put constraints and limits on these projects when we are under a time constraint because the end of the year is quickly approaching. So we want to do things like outline the five steps that you want students to follow and chunk those down and give them certain periods that they need to be started and finished that work. You also want to make sure that you are checking in with students along these chunked timelines so that you can make sure they are on track and doing what they're supposed to do. And it also means that at the end of that project, the way they're going to present it to you or share it to you, try to pick a simple way for them to be able to present it. If you're going to have them write a very long report or detailed report, that's going to take a lot longer for you to mark, which means you're going to have a ton of stuff that you're marking already, especially at this time of year when we're writing report cards. So try to simplify how they're going to present it. Use class time, give them two minutes and tell them that they need to stand in front of the class and tell you what they've learned. That is a quick and easy way for you to assess them without having to take anything home. Alternatively, you can have students videotape themselves telling you what they've learned or showing you something that they've learned. This is a great way because you could play a video in two minutes. You can play it on two times speed so that they can go super fast. So if you had 20 students and they each had three minute presentations, you got 60 minutes worth of work. But if you are watching it all on two times speed, means you can probably get through that in 15 minutes, which is a lot easier sometimes than sitting through oral presentations that kind of go on and on and on and have big breaks and lots of transition points actually waste a lot of time. So if you have access to technology and the ability for students to record their answers, use this as an opportunity, hand them an iPad, ask them to film the concept that they're learning, whether it's math, have them show you they can solve a math problem on a video, you can have them tell you what they've learned in an oral presentation style, or they can show you what they've learned through, say, a PowerPoint slide really quick, especially if you give them the template of what that PowerPoint slide is supposed to look like. They're just essentially filling in the blanks. You get the content you need. They're showing a good understanding of the concepts, and you can mark that really quickly and easily. It's a lot simpler than a test or a lot simpler than, say, a long-winded report that you want them to write. So keep it really simple. Eliminate any of the unnecessary tasks that are just busy work 
that don't really get you a lot of bang for your buck. So cut out all of the worksheets and fill in the blank type of activities that don't really give you a lot of information about their knowledge and really get them to focus on the key learning and the key skills that is going to help move them forward and understand those concepts. And the fourth thing is really remember what this feels like when you're feeling like you are so far behind and what that's going to do for you next year. So next year is a new opportunity to plan and structure your year so that you are not feeling such a time crunch and under a lot of stress for the for next year. Because the feeling of always being behind or not being able to cover things is a really stressful situation and it's not what we need to be thinking and feeling right at the same time as we're writing report cards. We want this time of report cards to, we already have all of the information we need. We know exactly where students are. So this is where we really want to focus on how do we plan for this next year so that we can avoid this situation again. One of the things you can look at is spiraling your instruction. Now, this can happen in both math and language. This means that you are touching on a variety of concepts all throughout the year and going back and over these concepts and reinforcing them throughout the year. This is really helpful because it means that by the time you get to June, you've covered a lot of the concepts. So when you get to this point, you're really just reviewing, refining, and going over those experiences. For me, using both Ignited Literacy and Ignited Math, in my classroom has allowed me to get to this point in the year and not really feel like I'm under pressure to get things covered. Students are able to show me what they know. They've demonstrated enough opportunities for things like writing, their reading responses, understanding what they're doing. They've completed their final book project for May. So I know exactly where they are. I'm feeling that I have to pull in some other subjects into my literacy at this point just to make sure that I get those covered. But it's a lot less stressful because I have that long range plan. I know exactly what I've been doing all year. I followed the trajectory of that plan and mapped it out. And when I can follow that mapping, it means that I actually can budget my time well throughout the year to make sure I get most of it done. But that was when we're looking at a full year long mapped out curriculum. When we can cover those and we look at the timelines and we can follow those long range plans and we know exactly where we're going, where we're supposed to be each year and we're hitting those targets along the way. It becomes a lot easier when we get to the end of the year because we've already been following the plan. When we're better planned from the beginning of the year to the end, it makes it a heck of a lot easier for us when we get to the end of the year because we know where we're supposed to be and how much we're supposed to do each and every day throughout the year. So we know in January, if we're falling a little bit behind, we know how we can catch up and we can start planning in January how we're going to make up that time instead of getting to May and panicking and realizing, oh no, we don't have enough time. How are we gonna do it? The other thing too is investing in the right resource. If we're investing in resources that help us function on a long-term basis, and we're looking at resources that let us be more successful over the longevity and planning out full units, planning out year-long curriculums instead of planning what's happening tomorrow. If we're constantly chasing tomorrow and trying to figure out what we're going to do tomorrow, Instead of what we're going to do next month, what we're going to do in six months, what the entire year looks like, it becomes more difficult to then see the big picture. When it comes to getting everything covered, we have to keep that big picture in mind, know what that big picture looks like, and be able to follow the plan. When we are able to look at resources and take the resources and not look at, well, what, what do I need for tomorrow's lesson? But, and I have no idea what I'm doing in three days, but when we have the full year plan, and we can start 
plugging things into that plan and making that really resourceful, then that helps tremendously. So it comes down to really looking at the resources you're using. If you grab a cheap worksheet package that just gives you activities for them to do over and over again, but really doesn't help you to fit into the full system of what it is to cover all of your curriculum in a year, and you're just relying on those day-to-day activities, then it does become a lot harder and because it takes longer. So we feel as though it's a quick solution for what we need right now, but in the actual fact, it actually takes more time in the long run because worksheets aren't great tools for teaching. So if we're constantly using worksheet packages and just having students fill in the blanks, they're just going through the motions of school and not really engaging in that learning and really learning the content, which means when we use that strategy, it actually takes us so much longer to cover content because they're just not getting it. It's not sinking in and that's what we have to be aware of. So when we want to avoid the rush at the end of the year to cover all the curriculum, the best blade plans will help us to cover that. So if you're looking for long-range plans that you would like to have a look at and help plan out your entire year from start to finish to know exactly what you should be covering, when you should be covering it, and how long each concept takes, you can find my free long-range plans for grades three, four, five, and six on my website at www.madlylearning.com. Thank you so much for joining me and don't forget to like and follow for more teacher tips. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning.